after having finished the Fatha, which summarized to us the dynamic between Allah and Allah's creation, the communicative aspect between the Creator and the created, we now look at Surah Al-Ikhlas. Surah Al-Ikhlas, which is Qul Allahu Ahad, now focusing on the Creator. Qul Allahu Ahad, it's a short surah, as you all know. Qul Allahu Ahad, Allahu Samad, Lam Yalid, Walam Yulad, Walam Yakun Lahu Kufwan Ahad. It has been reported that Surah Al-Ikhlas is Mecca, revealed in Mecca. Ibn Mas'ud, Hassan, Wa'ata' Wa'ikrimah, Wa'jabir have all reported that Surah Al-Ikhlas is Mecca, in fact early Mecca. Ibn Mas'ud, Al-Hasan, Wa'ata' Wa'ikrimah, Wa'jabr. However, Ibn Abbas, Wa'qutada, Wal-Dahaq, Wal-Saddi, have reported that it is Medinian. In all likelihood, Surah Al-Ikhlas is Meccan, however, and in all likelihood that it is early Meccan. Nonetheless, it is interesting that we do have at least these four, Ibn Abbas, wa Qutada, wa Dahaq, wa Saddi, reporting that it, is, that it was revealed in Medina. Surah Al-Ikhlas has also been reported to be called various names. The reports that we received say that it was called Surah At-Tafrid, variably Surah At-Tajrid. Others have said that it's called Surah At-Tawheed, Surah Al-Ikhlas, which is the one that most of us know it by, Surah Al-Najah, Surah Al-Wilayah, Surah Al-Nisbah, Surah Al-Ma'rifah, Surah Al-Jamal, Surah Al-Muqashqishah, Muqashqishah means Al-Mu'alijah, the, 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 the curer or the treater, Surah Al-Mu'awwizah, Surah Al-Samad, Surah Al-Asas, Surah Al-Mani'ah, Surah Al-Mihdar, Surah Al-Munaffira, Surah Al-Bara'ah, which there's another surah in the Quran surah called Al-Bara'ah, Surah Al-Muzakkira, Surah Al-Nur, another surah in the Quran also called Surah Al-Nur, Wa Surah Al-Aman, 
Now, as you see that it has been various titles or various names have been given to this one surah. Eventually, it's being settled down on the designation of Surah Al-Ikhlas. This, of course, raises the question which we will not deal with as to how the names of surahs developed. In popular Muslim belief in the contemporary ages that the Prophet is the one who named the surahs. But this view is rendered problematic by a variety of evidence. One of them is the one just recited in the case of Surah Al-Ikhlas. There's also disagreement as to the occasion for revelation, Sabab al-Nuzul, for Surah Al-Ikhlas. One view is that the Jews asked the Prophet, if Allah created creation, so who created Allah? Now, what would be interesting here is that if that is the case, then it would indicate a Medinian origin for the surah, probably. Furthermore, it is an interesting occasion for revelation because for the Jews to ask if Allah created creation, then who created Allah? assumes that the poser of the question is not a believer, that if one believes, I mean, is that this problem or this issue of who created the Creator is shared by Jews and Muslims or any monotheistic religion or any religion that believes in a God. Nonetheless, that's one reported version of um, the occasion of revelation. The second report as to the occasion of revelation is that the, the Arabs of Quraysh asked the Prophet, Insib lana rabbak. Insib lana rabbak. Meaning, what is the genealogy of your God? As you know that for the Arabs, genealogy was extremely important and of prime significance. What is peculiar about this occasion for revelation or this report about the occasion of re for revelation is that the pre-Islam Quraysh believed or was well aware of Allah. The Quran itself, Allah debates with them and says, don't you, if, I, if we ask you who created the heavens and the earth, you will say Allah. So why then you, do you not believe? So for Quraysh to be wondering about the genealogy of Allah 
is rather curious and strange for they shared the idea of the existence of Allah the third occasion for revelation or third report as to the occasion of revelation is that the unbelievers of Quraysh sent Amr bin al-Tufayl and he told the Prophet you have divided us divided us and you have denigrated our gods and you have broken with our traditions and then Amr bin Tufayl tells the Prophet what is it exactly that you want if you are poor we will give you wealth if you are crazy we would cure you and if it is impressing women that you seek then we will give you that as well and the prophet then responds it is not poverty and it is not insanity and it is not the pleasure of a woman that I seek the report is long having Amr bin al-Tufayl returned to the Prophet in fact three or four times to ask him a new question each time finally asking show us tell us the nature of that that you want us to worship and then Surah Al-Ikhlas was revealed at that point what is curious about this report is rather its theatrical nature that he comes once and then sent away and then comes again and then finally says tell us the nature of of your gods now the authenticity or the lack of in all these various versions is an issue to be pondered my own sense is that we have no idea what the occasion of revelation for it was but it seems from the language of the surah itself that it set a fundamental theological groundwork for the Islamic system of belief and theology in many ways it is rather strange that it would need an occasion for revelation for it is not legal and does not deal with any specific historical circumstance or issue in fact, the reason it is called Surah Al-Ikhlas is that it is a surah that has been designated as Khalisah. Al-Ikhlas, Ikhlas means loyalty. Khalisah means pure. 
dedicated singularly. Why is that? Why was it called the Khalisa? And from which Surah Al-Ikhlas was extracted? It was called that because it has neither command nor prohibition. It has neither in it illegal command nor legal prohibition. It seems to be talking about God in the ultimate, in the pure, in itself. Whether something like this needs an occasion for revelation is, in my mind, doubtful. Nonetheless, we should know that there, there are these reports about the, the occasion for its revelation Although it strikes me as odd that it would need an occasion for revelation. Now it raises several points, as you will see, of understanding and comprehension that reach various levels of intensity. First thing, it says, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ قُلْ Say, هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Say, it, or say, he, is Allah, أَحَد Then, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ it's said to be, and in Arabic we say, خَرَجَتْ مَخْرَجْ جَوَابِ السَّائِلِ خَرَجَتْ مَخْرَجْ جَوَابِ السَّائِلِ Means that the statement itself seems to address a question. And in fact, if you look at the surah as a whole, it is as if elucidating points of reflection and puzzlement in the mind of someone. We are going to talk about Qul Huwa Allah Ahad. First let's deal with the issue of Qul. Abdullah Abi reported a reading, or it has been reported from Abdullah Ubay that they have read it Huwa Allahu Ahad without the Qul. Huwa Allahu Ahad. In another report or another reading, it is Allahu Ahad, Allahu Samad, Lam Yalid, Walam Yulad, Walam Yakullahu Kufun Ahad, without Qul Huwa. And Al-Amash read it, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ الْوَاحِدِ Instead of قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدِ read it, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ الْوَاحِدِ So, one report is that, هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدِ Another report, اللَّهُ أَحَدِ اللَّهُ سَمَدُ without قُلْ هُوَ And the third report is, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ وَاحِدِ But as we will see, that 
number one, these transmissions are isolated reports in themselves. Not reaching the level of tawatur that one insists on when it comes to the Quran. And we will see that the internal dynamics of the surah itself make sense in the format of Qul Allahu Ahad. Because of the of of the, the nature of the concept involved, going to deal with, with the idea of Ahad first, uh, or the linguistics aspect of Ahad, and then we're going to backtrack again to Hu Allahu Ahad. Generally, in Arabic, often Iwaw, Iwaw, is transformed into Alif. So Ahad, its origin is, the, the origin of Ahad is Wahad. And the Waw, the Waw sound of Wahad, is changed into Ahad. For example, in we said that it has been, it could be changed into asada. We know that ahad comes from an origin in which the wow exists. This gains importance in when we consider whether it is. What is the significance of Ahad instead of Wahid? Ahad means singular. Wahid means what? One. What is the significance that it comes in the format of Ahad instead of Wahid? So that's one issue. Another issue is why does it say Qulhu Allahu Ahad, which is Nakira? What's Nakira? Indefinite. Why doesn't it say Qulhu Allahu Al Ahad, using the definite article, the one? Why does it say say it is Allah one or singular or not the singular? So that's the second issue. If one at the most superficial level, one can say, well, it doesn't say Qulhu Allahu Al Ahad, we're going to deal with the second issue first. And then we'll deal with the first issue. Qulhu Allahu, it doesn't say Al Ahad using the definite article because it is understood. This is in, in Arabic a, a technique called the hazf, hazf in which something is understood so you don't say it. So you could say that al, the definite article here, is mahzufa. Mahzufa means it has been deleted because it is understood that the definite article should be there. In other words, it's like instead of saying the something, you use it without the definite article relying on the fact that the definite article is understood. However, that view for a variety of reasons is not adequate. 
it is not it does not answer really the question because in this context the definite article cannot be deleted with the definite article being understood from the the context in other words this is not properly a case of hasf for arabic hasf lil idmar this is what they would call hasf lil idmar this is not a proper case for hasf lil idmar so then why does it say qul huwa allahu ahad na qul huwa allahu al ahad it would seem that one must designate Allah with a definite article in itself. The answer or the, the argument to it is that here, Ahad, Qul huwa Allahu Ahad, is not the use of an indefinite, Laysat Nakira. It is not the use of an indefinite. However, that ahad is a elucidation upon Allah in what is called bayan wa tarjama. Bayan wa tarjama. That it is an elucidation upon Allah. So in other words, there is an intimate relationship between Allah and ahad in which you understand Allah through the quality of Ahad. From this we understand that Ahad is not intended as a designation. In other words, to put it bluntly, it is not intended as simply a name for God. A name for God but as giving us some inherent quality that is necessary for the understanding of Allah itself. Then, why does it say, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ and not say, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ الْوَاحِدْ الْوَاحِدْ The one. What is the significance? You remember that one of the readings says, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ الْوَاحِدْ Is there any material difference between الْوَاحِدْ and أَحَدْ? Can one argue that, well, it's just a reading without a distinction in meaning? Actually, no. There is a very big distinction and difference between قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ الْأَحَدْ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ أَوْ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ الْوَاحِدُ أَوْ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ وَاحِدٌ When you say واحد, you are saying one. When you say one, you imply what? يَدْخُلِ الْعَدَدِ إِدْخَالِ الْعَدَدِ That implies there is the existence of two and three. However, when you say Ahad, that's it. If it's singular, there is nothing beyond that. From that perspective, can we consider it a proper qira'ah to say, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ In my view, that distorts the meaning of 
the verse. Would I call someone who reads it as Qul Allahu Ahad kafir? No, I wouldn't. But I would argue that they're grievously mistaken. There is another refinement. Ahad is an all-inclusive of the kind. This is what we call Yastaw'ib Jinsah. While Wahid is not all-inclusive of the kind. What does that mean? La Yastaw'ib Jinsah. Wahid, La Yastaw'ib Jinsah. Ahad, Yastaw'ib Jinsah. If you say this person will not be resistant, resisted by la yuqawimuhu wahid. This person will not be resisted by wahid. How do you understand this? Can he be resisted by two? Possibly, right? But if you say this person cannot be resisted by ahad. This person, لا يقاومه أحد. Nobody. That's what all-inclusive of the kind means. It is the equivalent, أحد is the equivalent of saying nobody. So immediately you notice that أحد, that أحد, connotes singularity, uniqueness, and the all-inclusivity, inclusiveness. Of the kind. Furthermore, wahid in Arabic is often used for isbat, to for an assertion. Ahad is often used for a negation. So you say, Ra'aytu wahid. Right? But you say, Lam ara ahad. Right? Ra'aytu wahid means I saw one person. You don't say ra'aytu I saw ahad. You don't say ra'aytu ahad. It wouldn't make sense. But you want to say I didn't see. So you say I didn't see anybody. Lam ara ahad. You don't say lam ara wahid. Possibly, but then it means I did not see one. I might have seen two, I might have seen three. So, again, the idea is that Ahad is far more inclusive of the kind and decisive in its nature. Consequently, the Ali Tarif here, the, the, the definite article here, would in fact completely counter the purpose of the verse. Because, obviously, Ahad is going to tell us something about the nature of Allah. While, if you put the definite article, then it becomes as if you gave Allah two proper names, Allah and Ahad. But that's not the point. The point is to understand something about the nature of Allah. 